You are listening to Devan's Baby Buzz podcast. Devan is the Delaware Valley chapter of the National Association of Neonatal Nurses. Devan's Baby Buzz is a podcast addressing the hot topics in neonatal nursing. The program features interviews with various experts and is hosted by the Devan Board of Trustees. We are offering expert opinions, helpful tips, and honest advice. For more information on our chapter or to suggest a podcast topic, please check out our website, devannurses.org. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to Devan's Baby Buzz podcast. My name is Jennifer Hart, and I am your host for today's podcast. I'm extremely excited for this podcast, and it's been something I've really wanted to dive into, the partner perspective. We spend a lot of time on here discussing maternal response to pregnancy, immediate postpartum, and the neonatal period. Today, I'm excited to welcome a panel of four fathers to the podcast to discuss their own experiences under the umbrella of postpartum adjustment. I know listeners know I'm a very big advocate of staying this stuff out loud, and I've shared my own experiences with postpartum adjustment, and after being vulnerable about this with a conversation with some mom friends, it was shared that we all had adjustments too. Fast forward a couple months, and now we are so happy to welcome their partners to the show to discuss support that they need postpartum and the neonatal adjustment period and beyond. Before this podcast, I did do a quick review of resources online for partners adjusting to parenthood. Shocker, there's not many. I do want to take a minute and welcome our four fathers to the show and also acknowledge that the partner is not always a father, but I was lucky enough to have four fathers in my neighborhood that were willing to come and join me. So um, we weren't able to bring on anyone from a same-sex couple, um, but we are excited to welcome four dads. Welcome to the show. So there's a large body of literature stating that the transition to parenthood is a normal life crisis. We've interviewed a lot of moms on this podcast who refer to childbirth as a time of exhaustion, joy, and emotional upheaval. I was hoping that you might be able to share with us and help listeners understand from your perspective how this transition was to father. So I I think the most stressful thing for me, the transition to fatherhood, I think was uh, just you know, obviously, is watching your, you know, your wife every day go through struggles, yeah. being uncomfortable. Um, you know, going through the different levels of of pregnancy. You know, the first couple of months, obviously, you know, you, you know, barely showing. No one really knows. News gets out. Then it gets more and more exciting. Now, all of a sudden, now you're worrying about the baby's health and and going through mm-hmm. the checkups and making sure everything's healthy and you know your wife's healthy and the baby's healthy and. And I remember, you know, hearing the baby's heartbeat for the first time and and all these different things, all these emotions hit you at once that you never knew you had. Um, I remember our last visit <clears throat> to, you know, we went to, we went did all the, the, the lessons at the hospital, mm-hmm. watched the videos, and we did that two-week seminar. And it was all about just regular, um, you know, vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. No one ever talked about C-sections. Yeah. Um, I was a C-section. And, um, you know, I remember that last doctor's visit saying to the nurse, if anything important, I'll be out in the waiting room. If there's anything wrong that's going on, please come out and get me. Well, here she comes five minutes later. I remember my heart dropped. Mm-hmm. And, like, that walk back to the room seemed like a five-mile walk. Because mm-hmm. the whole, all these things are going through my head, like, what's happening? And she's not saying anything to me. And I'm like, just give me a clue. Give me something. Mm-hmm. Just, 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 like, wink at me. You know, like, say everything's cool. Like, don't worry about it. Like, we just got to talk real quick about something. You know, like, and here it turns out that, the, you know, 
our daughter was 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 breached and we had to do a C-section and, mm-hmm. and it was fine. It was great. But that, I remember I'll never forget like that walk back there just scared the crap out of me. Yeah. You know, and, until um until we found out, you know, what it was. But I think that was the hardest thing, which is just just constantly worrying about the baby's health and worrying about, you know, my wife's health. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Mike. You always feel helpless. Yeah, That's exactly, because you can't do anything. There's nothing you you could be there. You could you could comfort. You can say things. You could do you know get, bring them water, bring them whatever they need. But that's all you can do. You know, like I'm not experiencing that discomfort. I'm not experiencing that pain. And you know the the, the heartburn at night that she she couldn't lay flat. She couldn't do you know like I, there's nothing yeah. I can do about that. You know, comfort. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I realized how selfish I was, and not in a bad way. Like silly examples, like um, you can't have a two door car anymore. Um, you don't get to eat dinner when you want to eat dinner. It's mm-hmm. all these little things that you realize that, wow, I was just thinking about myself this entire time, and now you kind of kind of have to broaden that and be less selfish. That's the biggest thing that occurred to me when mm-hmm. when my kids were born. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Did you think it was normal? So you said the most normal, what was it, normal life crisis? Did you think it was normal when you had a kid? No. That's a good no. point. Like, it's only normal because every, like, well, not everybody, but it's only normal because so many people do it. But mm-hmm. there's, there's not, there's not, nothing normal about no. it. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel normal. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it was a, an abrupt change in life for sure. Yeah. And there was a time in our lives, I think, you know, my wife would agree that we had kids later. You know, we were in our, our mid to later 30s. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a time where I, did, I just didn't think I was going to have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and and being in a previous relationship for a long amount of time, and and getting out of that, and and just being like, okay, that's it. I'm just not. I'm just gonna accept the fact that I'm just not gonna be a father. You know, yeah. and then and I was lucky enough to, you know, it just everything just came together. You know, when it did. But but yeah, I think to answer your question, no, it wasn't normal. Yeah, I just didn't wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I think we were all over thirty, right? I was twenty eight or twenty nine. We were twenty. Yeah. I think we were twenty nine. Yeah. Close. Yeah, but close. It was called a geriatric pregnancy. Yes. Yes. We definitely, uh, yeah, that was multiple conversations about that one. They really uh, say that. It's really unnerving. And do you think from an age perspective, being younger than 30, being older than 30, does anything make it easier or hard for you from like a point of being selfish or like where you are for your own life? And I think, you know, being in your 20s and being selfish is probably developmentally appropriate like you know that's yeah, no, no one's yeah, child i didn't mean poorly yeah, no no I, and i mean it in a great way and and i think it's validated and mm-hmm. you know i can see parallels in our own life that way too um just curious like now that you know most of the group was in their 30s when they became fathers was that an easier thing do you look back on yourself at 20 and say that person couldn't handle it or do you look back on yourself and say i wish i was a little bit i, I could have definitely handled it no matter what age However, I'll say financially and mm-hmm. stability-wise, mm-hmm. far better if yeah. you're a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, as soon as you have your child, you can like as long as you've got a good head on your shoulders, you're gonna you're gonna handle it. You fall yeah. in love with that child. Um, but like I said, financially and uh, job, everything everything was just in a far better position when you're mm-hmm. a, a little bit older, I guess. I, I told all my younger siblings that they should have kids. What's so that? Like, I told all my younger siblings they shouldn't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, if no other like not like everything you said is absolutely true so like when we actually did have kids we were in a very good place financially right. and socially and everything else like there was but, no stress 
Well, there's no, there was stress, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but not the stress like if you're an 18 year old kid. Yeah, if I was 22 then, and I was yeah. waiting tables and I had kids, exactly. it would've been a very right. different type of stress. But then I'd also kind of be just kicked in. You'd be thrown in the deep end of the pool, yeah. and then you'd, at my age now, my kids would be almost grown. And oh, never thought of it. You that know, way. you'd have a lot of life after the kids. Still, like you'd be mm-hmm. kind of young and spry. You'd have more energy, if, if nothing else. I have zero energy. I also remember somebody telling me once. Um, if you're waiting to be ready to have kids, you're not going to have kids. Yeah. Right. Because there is uh, no ready. That's interesting. <laughs> it's just, no matter what you're prepared for, like, it's just something that, like that. is going to rock your world um, in a great way. So I just looked up, I remember having a conversation with a cousin at the time, and we were both waiting. To, I actually, we were both, our wives were both pregnant. We weren't pregnant. Um, and I was like, we shouldn't have put it off, because I was like, I was talking about the Beatles, and they're right there. That's what made me think of it. I was like, you know, they all had their kids and were married and divorced and had kids and did everything that was the Beatles, yeah. and they were younger than us. Mm-hmm. And that was all behind them at our age right well, now, at like 29. I was like, <laughs> Thanks yeah, for that. Yeah. everything of the Beatles, plus their parenthood, plus, in some cases, multiple marriages, and they were younger than us today, mm-hmm. as we're just having our first kid and kind of starting an adult life mm-hmm. at that yeah. point. We were just, I mean, we did everything within uh, a couple a year radius i mean we we got married we were tracy was three months pregnant at our wedding we announced it at our wedding and we bought a house the same it's all the big right the big things and mm-hmm. had the, and had our baby like all within all in 2016 that's a big year yeah you know, so <laughs> that's an know, expensive so, year too yeah, <laughs> year. so yeah so talking about everything hit you at once, you yeah. know, and it's like, I walk through my garage now and I'm like, Oh, there's my surfboards. There's my <laughs> snowboards. There's my rock climbing gear. And then I look at my old, Oh, you talked about your two door car. Yeah. I Cobbles. sold my dub, my <laughs> Subaru WRX. I remember selling a couple months before Elise was born. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, Oh, there that goes. I remember hugging it. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't you work know? for that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I would trade all, you know, obviously you trade all those things. You don't get that. Doesn't, yeah. That stuff doesn't mean anything anymore. You still, and then once, you know, the baby gets older, you know, you get back to that stuff now. You know, but um, I don't think it, you know, like I look at my, my, my step-niece, I call her, um, she followed in her mother's footsteps and had kids very young. And I never pictured her ever being a mother that young because I just didn't think she was in a place. She's not going to hear this, hopefully, so I could say <laughs> but Don't but, share um, the link. <laughs> but you know what? Like she, now she has two kids and she's 20, 22 years old and she's been a fantastic mother and she loves her kids to death and she totally surprised me and blew me away and how quick it, uh, she matured you know so like mm-hmm. you're right like it just it, it happens you don't plan for it yeah when it happens you just accept it and you dive into it and yeah you know yeah absolutely i think you you all had brought up a really good point too about maybe that feeling of helplessness like while your partner is getting ready to deliver or delivers and is going through everything from reflux to pain to discomfort anything that you did that maybe you felt like was very valuable or wish that you did to help support your partner better and keep it in mind too because we do want to recruit listeners that are potential partners that might say like if we can give you some advice for you know your future that this is what it can be so if there are things that you felt like were valuable or allowed you to be involved even though you weren't the one being sick I I think it would be helpful for our listeners well there's the there's the cliche of getting the food Mm -hmm. so there's plenty of it's late and you're going to buy random food. Mm-hmm. 
happened yeah all the time yeah it's a cliche for a reason yeah <laughs> it still works yeah. yeah if you can t- continue to get your partner food it's still a value add <laughs> i mean it 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 was frustrating because you can't do anything really i mean like you can be supportive and get things and do the lawn you know you do all whatever you can do more of what of that sort of thing than you normally do but at the end of the day you can't carry the baby around right you can't <laughs> walk around behind her and hold her stomach or any of that sort of yeah. stuff and you, yeah, you just kind of feel stuck there um, until it happened. Yeah. I was, okay, good. I was I, going through the same things, um, trying your best to be there for her. Um, for example, sleeping was always a big deal. It, she had a lot of trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, mm-hmm. um, uh, temperature. And so just, all right, well, this room is now going to be 80 degrees. And just going mm-hmm. through that with her, I'll, I'll sweat it out. It's fine. Like just being there and supportive and doing the things that she wants to do. Um, I found that to be very helpful. Would you try to stay awake? <laughs> yeah. No. Because yeah. you're, like, you're like, it's awful Like if you just start snoring when they can't sleep. Yes, so you're like, I mean, you're sitting there like, I'm that, not yeah. going to go to sleep. I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm not going to go to sleep. <laughs> Wait, ah, nine hours. <laughs> Don't and do then that. they, she seems like she's asleep. So you're like, all right, I can go to sleep now. Then you mm-hmm. find out she wasn't the next day. Ah, yes. <laughs> 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 damn it. I'm sorry. I tried to stay awake. That's happened. Yeah, I know too for Joe and I, um, and I'm lucky enough to have my husband here on his first Vans Baby Buzz podcast, although he's the editor behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> we did a very similar thing like that, and Joe was always in solidarity with me with yeah. lack of sleep or having it have to be super cold in the house all the time because I was always profusely sweating. Um, and so I feel like when I was tired, we were both tired usually. Um it's helpful. I, yeah, it, it did. It helped that we were both not feeling great for whatever yeah. reason. Um, interesting that we changed that approach, I think, after we had our first kid. And so when we got to having a second kid, it was more, or even a first kid in the mix outside of like the being pregnant perspective, someone needed to be on. So like if I couldn't sleep for whatever reason, because I was pumping or adjusting to postpartum or I was pregnant with my second I'd be like you have to get some sleep we need someone to be 80% tomorrow like I'm gonna be 20% and so like one of us needs to stay good and we, we tend to carry on that tradition as well even if someone gets sick we're like you're now quarantined the other person yeah, you know yeah, even pre-covid like you need to go into the other room you need to get sleep you need to stay hydrated Tag we in. need you as best possible because like you now are going to carry the weight. So it's funny to hear that too, because we, we did the same until we had a little one to take care of, and then we prioritized one person and let the other person suffer in isolation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're sick. I'll see you on Tuesday. Anytime yeah. I mention, I'm going to be editing it out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that? <laughs> I think one thing for me was, was was more of a lessons learned. It's, it's um you know, not, you got to understand it's not always, it's not about you and, Sometimes when you had a, like a, like a really good, a crappy day at work or you had something like that, you come home, you're like, oh, you're just like, like put that aside, mm-hmm. you know, like and for, for yeah. like, just kind of put that away. And I tend to, and I don't do it intentionally, but I still do that sometimes. I'm still trying to work on that, you know, and that's like a marriage thing, you know, like we're just being an adult. It's like, you know, if someone's complaining to you about their day, listen to them. And, and if someone's in discomfort, listen to them. Don't right away like talk about oh well, I had that happen to me like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like no one wants to hear that. They don't care. Like they, like Dirk, she's going through pain. She's going through discomfort. So it's try to see what she needs. Like listen and just say hey, what, what can I get for you? What do you need? That's what I would have changed probably if I could go back a little and done that a little bit better. 
Yeah, uh, I'll, uh, to your point, I mean, um, perspective is really what uh, I gained out of this whole thing. My, my world is not just me, mm-hmm. and it's much larger uh, than that. So, yeah, I fully agree with you there. I think we see that, too, and, and we're not necessarily talking about that here in this podcast, but I know these group of individuals that we're having here for this panel and for this discussion have all, you know, echoed and felt the same way even about the way we think about our future like everything just became way more important voting becomes way more important like you know who's on the board of what becomes way more important things that weren't necessarily super important in front of mind as much because we were living in our own little bubbles now become wow this world is a lot more bigger than just me so I definitely appreciate that and then I think too Mike you bring up a good point about lessons learned and and things from not only perspective but also just things that we look back on as we mature and go through the experiences. Um, Curious if you all have um, something you want to share on maybe what the biggest misunderstanding or frustration might be on becoming fathers or being a father. (laughs) it's just every um i mean uh, we're we're very fortunate to have um uh, two two beautiful kids um they're they're just great and um both times uh, both pregnancies were uh worlds different it was just not anywhere near um like the our our daughter our, our oldest it was um you know, it was a pretty routine pregnancy. Um, you know, the first trimester, m- bit of morning sickness. Second trimester, um, my wife felt great. Uh, she said, uh, this is the best I've ever felt in my life, I think, uh, were the words that she said. Um, and then, um, you know, it was a, a pretty routine um, birth. And, you know, after that, you know, everything, you know, went you know, as it does after you have a child. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what that is because it's going to be different for you. Um, but our, our second child, um, it was, uh, it was a, a roller coaster. Uh, it was, um, the, the baby had a, um, oh, I forget what it's called, two vessel cord. Um, typically there are three in the umbilical cord. Uh, so it, it made it, uh, a much higher risk, uh, situation. Um, and uh, my wife was also having contractions starting at like 20 weeks. And it was just like an uncomfortable pregnancy for like half of it. And thankfully, everything worked out um, really well both times. But um, you, you just never know what you're going to expect. You know, it's like, all right, I have one kid now. It's just going to be the same. And it's 100% not, um, depending on the person. I mean, it's really... Just be prepared for anything is the best advice I can give. My everything was was health wise was fine. Luckily, you know, we were very privileged, Um, you know, again, having a later pregnancy in age. And that was always a concern um, being a high risk. And, um, you know, luckily, everything went well. I do remember, um, you know, right after uh, when we had, um, you know, our daughter, you know, my wife had a had a an issue from the past when she was that she grew up with, and um, with her heart, and there was like you know like a palpitation or something like that, and and um, and the baby's heart was was it was coming off a little strange as well the beat, and I remembered like they had that machine there where they kept 
getting feedback and I'm just watching. I'm standing in between both beds. Like they brought, we're out of the operating room now. We're in that recovery room and I'm standing in between both of them and they're both having the same issue. And I'm just like flipping out, like what's going on. I'm looking at both yeah. of them, trying to figure out and I can't, I felt so helpless. Yeah. You know, I couldn't do anything. And then, you know, you know, luckily everything worked out. And, um, but yeah, I remember that was, you know, that, that was super scary. Yeah, absolutely. But, Wait, so they yeah. were together right after? Despite right after attack? at that point, because there was supposed to be that bonding moment, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I, that that didn't happen. In fact, what happened was for a C-section for us, they give it, they give uh, the baby to the father. Yeah. So I was so brought about- into, I was brought into a room for 20, 25 minutes with our daughter. And, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. like... Both of our kids were born C-section, and I was like, "Yeah, both of them." They baby came out, cleaned mm-hmm. up the baby, handed me the baby, yeah, and then took me away, and then I hung out with both of the kids yeah. for the first twenty minutes mm-hmm. while they were doing whatever with my wife. That's a surreal time. That's an interesting time. It, it is. It, it is. Happened to me too. Well, both. Yeah, in my case. You're I think like, Hi. the first time I only found out more about it later. She lost a lot of blood, so there was. I guess it was kind of frantic, but I didn't really know that except I was like. I been here for quite a while yeah. by myself here with this baby like what am i supposed to do you know like i already took some pictures <laughs> yeah. i said a lot of stuff so um, text my mom yeah but they yeah, gave me the baby yeah. after the heartbeat went back to normal and then everything was normal from you know quote unquote what do you perceive as normal after that you know it was just that 10 or 15 minutes of waiting for everything to you know the rhythm to to, to get back to where yeah. it should be and um but that 15 minutes you know was like was probably forever but then, yeah, then I sat in that room, and it was just a baby and I. And she swaddled, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, that's when it hit me. I'm like, yeah. wow. You know, like, I'm, like, trying to take pictures. My mom's texting me and all this stuff, and I'm just like, you know, she's like, how's it feel? I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, yeah. I don't have any feeling right now. I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I have every single range of emotion you could possibly have all lumped together. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think to your point of then it hit you, the hits just keep on coming. And we talk about that a lot here from like a very honest and healthy and also challenging way of parenthood that that feeling of like helplessness and challenges like, you know, I think we start to feel it the second we become pregnant or the second we find out our partner is pregnant um, that we feel like, wow, we don't have a lot of control in this world. And then I think as parenthood progresses, it just continues to be validated and validated again that we have very little control on the most important aspects of our life. Um, I think you brought up a really good point, too, about partner perspective and surprises. And I got lucky enough to talk with everyone here a little bit before we started recording. Um, and as I called it the partner perspective, I got a really good question. Like, does that mean partner perspective as, you know, being that we aren't the ones that birthed the baby or is it because we're dads and, you know, we're kind of viewed at as the second providers. And I thought it was an interesting way to think about it. And, and the thing that I wanted to clarify too for our listeners, because when I worded it that way, I really thought about how much time we spend here on Devan's Baby Buzz podcast talking about maternal perspective and how did it feel to find out you were pregnant, find out you had complications, find out you had no complications, found out that your baby had complications, maternal adjustment to postpartum anxiety and depression and, you know, physical changes. And it's been a passion of mine to talk about it from the folks who are on the other end and either supporting those people that go through it. But in my opinion, and I know people that know me know that I feel this way, 
I think it's a different experience, but it's the same experience and it's just as helpless and it's just as impactful and it needs just as much support. And so I do feel that there can be an under support for women immediately postpartum, but I do think there can be an under support for partners and fathers out there too. So I hope dads are supporting dads. Um, and this is a funny question to ask, and I guess maybe it will be just a yes or no question, but do dads support other dads? Like w- when you guys get together and on are on your second beer or a glass of tea, whatever you guys are into, like, are you saying like, man, I'm really struggling with these two things with my kid. Like, are, are you getting no. there or do you not need to get there? Well, I was thinking it was funny because I think for your panel, you have a group of dads that probably aren't stereotypical, at least not traditionally stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Maybe for our age, it's different. But I think, mm-hmm. I, like, I have friends that have never changed diapers, mm-hmm. which is hard, I think, probably to imagine for the four of us. Mm-hmm. But My I, father never did. My yeah, still, yeah, yeah, but I know, like, our contemporaries that have kids that maybe have changed diapers, like, three times. Sure. Or we had friends where the the mother and the kids all slept on one floor of the house, mm-hmm. and the, the father really didn't interact at all he just like he slept by himself and then he'd go to work Mm -hmm. yeah exactly he'd go to work he almost had like a study and that's where he stayed but we don't like i said i think the four of us don't fit that kind of mold Mm -hmm. um but despite that that, we still probably don't sit around and be like so how's fatherhood you know like what's yeah no yeah i don't we bet you better kids yeah i bet you better kids and complain and tell stories or whatever right yeah but not Oh, we constantly complain. Like, yeah. If 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 yes. one of my friends, like, in fact, a, a buddy of mine just gave, um, they just had their first child, uh, four days ago, five days ago, and um, it, you know, I remember like we'll give advice, you know, but we don't now. Like, I don't sit around and say, hey, you know, like I'm really struggling on this fact that mm-hmm. you know she won't eat like the crust of her, you know, bread, and like how do you deal with that, you know, like. Especially yeah. now talking to my father about that. Because my father would be like, I just drove, you know, like, <laughs> and like, you know, he's like, yeah, that happened to you. And I just threw the bread at your face, you know, and, you know, or something like that. Like, so it's a totally generational things, like, like to, to your point. And, you know, like, I, I think a lot more of us are more involved. Yeah. On the day to day. Yeah. Um, like, I know my father never changed a diaper. Yeah. Right. I know my father-in-law never changed a diaper because he's incredible with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I... Just, I mean, she absolutely adores him, but as soon as anything gets messy, he's like, here you go. Yeah. You know? Like, move, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, did, do any of you have younger brothers? No. No? Okay. Sister, yeah. So I have younger Sister. brothers. My younger brothers. Some of my younger brothers have now had kids. Um, I still don't do that. Like, it's, I still don't think it's a, a very touchy-feely conversations. Mm-hmm. But I do make a point when I talk to them like right after they have the kids and for a while after to ask them how they're doing. And they'll start talking like all of us probably like, Oh yeah, the kid's doing this. And you know, mom's doing this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, how are you doing? Like, how was the adjustment? Yeah. Um, I might not say how's the adjustment. It's not typical, but I, I will say, how are you doing specifically multiple times? Yeah. And I make a point to kind of do that. But beyond that, not yeah. really. Yeah. I usually ask how the mom's doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't yeah, know if that's, I don't know if that's because like we think we should, but, yeah, I, I make a point not to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I will in conversation because that's polite and that's what you do and, then, yeah. and everything else. Exactly. But I'm, I'm talking I mean. like in addition to that, yeah. I will try to carve out mm-hmm. this time where I'm not going to ask you how's the baby and I'm not going to ask you how's, yeah. how's your wife. I'm going to say like, how are you right now? Kind yeah. Yeah. They never answer. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Which is what I would do too. Yeah. I also think too, like um, it's, it's kind of the, that's kind of the thing with dads though. Like, I don't know. 
I don't necessarily need to talk about any of that with another dad. I, I just really need a little bit of camaraderie. Yeah. You know, it's just like, just hang, out, yeah. just hang out and like have a beer and just, you know, I'm the same way. Yeah. Just kind of de-stress a little bit. And then, then, you know, you recharge. Mm -hmm. you know? I think a lot of it comes down to people, you know, maybe older generations or like we were talking before, and you could even be younger generations. So always think the fathers are okay. Mm -hmm. You never really hear about fathers having postmortem mm -hmm. depression or, and it happens. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen with me, luckily, you know, yeah. I was fortunate enough and I don't know about you guys, but, but, um, there are guys out there that struggle with it just as much, but you just, it's just not part of the mainstream. Mm -hmm. It's not part of like that, that, you know, stereotype where you hear about that, you yeah. know, just like we were talking about before about, yeah. you know, who's making the lunches, who's getting the, the, the children dressed and yeah. they all assume it's, Oh, it's the mom. It's this, it's that. It's like, you know, yeah. And it's no, I mean, a lot of fathers have a, a lot to do with that. And, yeah. For those of you that are dads of multiple children, do you feel like it got any easier the second time or third time? It got easier to help because you could mm. be a team member and take care of the others while mom was mm. taking care of the newborn. Um, so it got easier to help, yeah. if that makes sense. Instead of just listening and being you know, a sympathetic ear, you actually were able to do some work and yeah, take care of some stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I found, and you know what you're doing. I found it pretty different. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, like all the way across the board. Um, didn't say this before, but when I first was born, to be honest, was kind of, I felt flat a little bit. Like I mm -hmm. was I was excited. There was a moment. It was like, oh, there's my son. This is, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But then a little bit into it, I was like, this is it. Now I have this baby. Like, that, that's it. All right, well, we're doing this now. And then <laughs> there were lots of stresses, like, just in life and dealing with that and everything else. But like it wasn't what I expected it to be. Yeah, like, and it was not this big emotional release of like, oh my god, oh look, I did I, I, yeah. this. It was just like, oh yeah, this happened now, great, yeah, awesome. He looks cool, he's healthy, we're all good. Um, the second, and I think so. Anyways, because of that I think I wasn't that present the first time around. I think it was just like prepared and like I kept thinking it's gonna happen, and I stressed out about making like being the right thing and doing the right thing, and I wasn't in the moment. The second time, I did have all of that, and it was really nice, just emotionally. Like, it just mm -hmm. felt more there and present, and, like, I cried when I held my daughter for the first what time. What was the difference? I don't know. I mean, it could have just, I mean, it could be chemicals in my brain for all I know, mm -hmm. but it, yeah, I like, I think it might have just been stress at first, like, mm -hmm. just leading into that. The, the first year with our son was just rough, you know, like, we... I, I, I talked to my wife before this. I was like, is there anything off limits for you when I go into that? Because <laughs> I looked and I was like, I didn't think about it until today, actually. Because I looked when you, you, you sent us the questions to kind of think about. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah, I talk about all this. And then I didn't think until like I was eating lunch like three hours ago. I was like, I should check in with the wife to see if I'm not to talk about this. Um, and it was actually an interesting conversation because she's like, oh, no, I had postpartum depression, which I've never heard her say before. Mm -hmm. Um but I felt it at the time. And so like, it was just hard, like dealing with all that and like life. Mm -hmm. Second time around, it was just felt so much easier. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cause you're, you've done it, you know, like you don't have that. You're not carrying around like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? You're like, Oh yeah, I did it before. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal. Everybody has babies. Yeah. Um, I realized that now. And then I was present and it was really, really nice. It's great. She also slept more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing and being honest about that too. Um, 
and to leave you not on a ledge with that, I, I felt very similar too. My biggest advice go to for people that are pregnant and I say it with them and I understand if there are a mom or dad of zero that this doesn't always come off well because you, you know, picture this grand thing of emotional connection and I'm not a crier, but like, I just was like, I probably will cry, right? Like that's what yeah. people do. Like I'm gonna feel this gush of like intrinsic love that I've never felt before. And I just always look people in the eye and I'm like, it's okay if it sucks in the beginning and you don't like it. Like, and yeah. you, like, yeah. you know, and people work really hard to get pregnant. Like, we, unfortunately, we very hard. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you spend your whole life trying not to get pregnant and then you find out like, <laughs> it's that hard. Like I could have been like having a really good time. I was so scared this whole time. And now like, this has become a full-time job. So I, I do think it's okay if it sucks in the beginning. It's okay if like, you know, it's falling short of your expectations and it's not this big, beautiful experience um, that you're anticipating. Cause I, I think going in with anticipation and like expectations of how you'll adjust is the number one thing that kind of sets us up to not have a great outcome. And so just being really kind with yourself and, you know, telling yourself if you're pregnant, my goal is to go into the hospital and come out with a baby. Because when we go in and tell ourselves I'm going to listen to yoga, yoga music and bounce on a ball and have this natural thing, then we leave feeling like we fell short of who we wanted to become. Yeah. Hopefully you're walking and it's only a couple days later. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just like, come out with a baby and you won. Like, and but but I think that's it, that's very hard when we go into it appropriately selfish and determined and driven and goal oriented because everything we work to historically has been able to be worked to to an outcome and then life hits you and it becomes very much more difficult and these babies start to you know have their own destiny and rules and and that becomes a new challenge and a new thing to accept for sure yeah i think you always have to prepare yourself for changes too yeah last second changes yeah you know like you know, a lot, of, I, a lot of my friends, I hear them say, I want this natural birth where I want this. I want this setting. It's got to be this way. It's got to be this temperature. It's got to, you know, and it's like you're, all you're doing is stressing yourself out because at the last second it could change. And then if you're not ready for it and you're, you're just going to, you're going to, you're going to lose it, you know, just be open and be like, Hey, you know, I just, I just want all I care about. And I think, you know, I could speak for my wife on this too, just as long as everyone was healthy. Yeah. You know, we made it out of there in those two or three days. We went home. I remember doing like seven miles an hour on the way home. Like in, the, yes. in that movie with, uh, uh, what's it what's it called? Knocked Up? Yeah. It's like the last scene. He's yes. like, I don't care how many people are blowing away. Yeah. That was me. It's like, I was just I was going like seven miles an hour. And yeah. we got home and, and, you know, just as long as everybody was healthy. Yeah. But we didn't go into it like we want this environment, that environment. And, yeah. You know, just as long as everybody made it out okay. And, yeah. And, we, and then my wife and I didn't kill each other afterwards. The next couple of weeks we were fine. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Close quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good goals. I remember being so hot. Yeah, like, it was August. Kill my wife. This yeah. Twenty-year-old central air unit that was not working well, and we're being like we moved to the basement where it was cold and and we had snow and it was like, <laughs> trying to find a cool spot in the house. And mm -hmm. We made it through all that. We're good. Yep. You know, challenging and already challenging situation. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. I, I think you guys did a really beautiful job of actually kind of answering what my last question was going to be, which was um, if, if you could kind of turn back time and tell your newly dad self something, what would it be? Is there anything that maybe we didn't share on this podcast that you'd like to share? Maybe as the best advice you ever gotten or biggest lesson learned? I got one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, – when the, when the babies are, are really small, like it's super challenging because you just feel like, I don't know, you could 
break them very okay. easily. I mean, um, but they're only little for a very short period of time. So really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. As hard as it is and as little sleep as you're going to get in that first three months, like they're only really little for a short period of time. So like enjoy it. Like it's uh, they get big fast and then they start talking back to you eventually. Um, uh, but yeah, eventually. Quickly, uh, quickly, actually, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, enjoy when they're when they're babies because it's uh, it's a, a period of time that goes very fast. Yeah, that's good. You're right because you're constantly saying, "Us oh, first time eating solid food, first time crawling." It's you're always looking to that next thing. You're never looking back and saying, "I should really cherish these moments." Yeah, and you wake up and then they're a year old, and it's like, "What just yeah. happened?" I, well, even now, yeah. I mean, you know, having toddlers, you know, and I remember this was this past week. My uh, daughter has a loft bed on the bottom. She has like a sleeping mat where she'll hang out, and and if she wants to have sleepovers, that's where we do. Like so every now and then, like we call a camp out. We'll camp out in her room, and you know, and I, I stayed in her bed the one night because she was scared. She had a bad dream, and I'm laying on that mat underneath, and I'm thinking she's gonna lay up top. I'll lay on the bottom. This is fine. Can do this. No, she comes down, wants to be with me, and and I'm like falling off the side. It's like I'm banging my head against the. The thing and I'm like, oh, this sucks. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna kill for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In like 15 years, not even 15 years from now, 10 years, eight years from now, I'm gonna I'm gonna look back on this when she's 20, and be like, I would give anything to be laying under that bed. Go to again. the mall. You know, like. And, and <laughs> so I think nothing. No one's an expert on parenting, and that's I never got really got advice from my parents. Um, they just kind of said, hey, we want we we winged it, you know, and I think I I'm still winging it and. And it's no one's an expert, and I think the best thing to do is just just be open. Mike, everyone's winging it, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I still know what I'm doing. I'm terrified every day sometimes. You know, like with, with these different things that, you know, especially now what's going on. None of us expected this, and right. you know, and and uh, I think that's the thing is like don't set goals. Don't you know? Just make sure everything's you're happy, you're healthy, everything's good, um, and everything will come its way. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got another one actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> as soon as just be prepared, like as soon as you feel like you got you got your kid in a routine, like everything's like, oh my gosh, they're sleeping now. Like something's gonna change. You shit themselves. Something, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or you shit yourself. Like what, like I don't know, maybe. Um, but like something will change, and like the routine will just like jar, you know. And just like now, now you need to figure out how to deal with this this new thing, you know. Like mm. they're not sleeping at first. Okay, now they're sleeping, but now they're not eating any anything you know like it, it, it nothing at all you know so it really um just be prepared for lots of uh short-term changes um and you know just roll with it it's it you know as soon as you have something figured out the kid is like okay now i have to change because this is what i do yeah. i'm making it too easy on my parents yeah don't <laughs> <laughs> they ever do that <laughs> <laughs> No, that's wonderful. And it's amazing. And, and the one thing I wrote down as everybody was talking to try, kind of try to pull us all together, but really recap thematically, I think what our biggest lesson learned was maybe just don't wish it away. Like everything shall pass. And I, I think like that was a great part yeah. of me becoming a mom of two. I found zero to one to be a big challenge and one to two to be a very easier challenge because I was like, as I laid awake, you know, on like three hours of sleep and nauseous and everything like with my first, I was like, when will this end? Yeah. Will it end? Like, is this me now? Is this who I am? Is like, this is, is this how I like, you know, navigate through the world now? And this is the way 
people see me and I'm not going to see my friends anymore or go out anymore. And then when I had my second, I just knew like, ugh, you blink your eyes and that stage is over and it's a different stage. And so as you can, don't wish it away because as you get comfortable or used to something or get over a hump, it's, it's a definitely a new hump. And I think, you know, conversations like this that are super honest and authentic help us get there. Um, I think this podcast could probably be an infinity part podcast because it could be the partner perspective and then insert word here of all the different things that we have gone through, you know, becoming a dad of multiples, like, you know, learning this for the first time. I, I think the transition of from physical to mental, you know, at age like two and a half is is really something that we could probably spend a few hours on. Um but I did want to thank this group here, not only for being our first partner perspective on Devan's Baby Bus podcast, but for also being honest, honest and authentic and really transparent and letting your guard down, because I think that's how we will move forward as a community and as a society. So thank you so much for joining us on Devan's Baby Bus podcast and for being honest, authentic, and transparent in our conversations. There's no denying the emotional roller coaster of parenting, and it's critical that we share experiences, lean on each other, and learn from each other. Remember to connect with us through Devan Nurses on Twitter or Instagram or via email at devannurses.org. If you are having experiences or thoughts and need someone to talk to, please reach out to your primary doctor for help or support. If you have any life-threatening concerns, please call 911. Thank you again for listening to Devan's Baby Buzz podcast. Good night. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own.